Greetings from TG Geeks webcast where Ben and Keith, the two gay geeks, talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery. Sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre, you name it, we talk about it. Find our episodes each week on TGGeeks.com. Visit our Facebook page, TG Geeks Webcast. On Google Plus and YouTube, look for us as Two Gay Geeks. You can tweet at TG Geeks and at the Two Gay Geeks. Or call our feedback line at 469-TG-Geeks. That is 469-844-3357. Happy listening. Peace. Cheers. like video games? Do you like music? Do you like video game music? Then join the Washington Metropolitan Gamers Symphony Orchestra on Twitch. Each week we feature a game the orchestra has performed music from. Our arranger guests will chat about their process, their inspirations, and why game music is so awesome. Check us out every Sunday from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. at twitch.tv slash WMGSO. My name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 67 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. I am really excited to be joined today by Bij of the geek to geek cast and the geek Fitness cast. How you doing, Bij? I am fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing great. We've been worried about you. Oh, <laughs> don't. I'm because, awesome. No, because at the beginning of the year when, uh, when you got sick... Like, you got really sick. I got sick. Oh, my God. That was one of the worst sicknesses I've had in years, and it just kept going. It was. It took me, like, six weeks to get over it and three rounds of antibiotics, and it was and it was a sinus infection. That's really all it was. It gave me a toothache, for goodness sake. I had to go to the dentist because of it. Oh, no. It's, it's insane how much this knocked me down. Well, we were so glad that you, you are better and you are uh, up and going again. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, I am upright and breathing, so I am good. Um, we, we talked to you and, and Void extensively on episode 38, but right. uh, why don't we catch up with what you've been doing since then? A lot, actually. Um, my I quit my job and moved into freelancing is probably the biggest life change where I don't have the 90-minute commute, which I know you were saying that you have uh, the same thing, so you're a stronger man than I am to still be able to deal with it, and uh, moved into doing that and just keeping up with the podcast, uh, trying to get back into fitness. I gained some weight, and uh, you know, after being knocked down not only January, but really Really, I've had really bad anxiety over the last year and a half or so. So getting, you know, 
everything sorted out, moving through medications and self-care and meditation, trying to get the routine settled. You know, now I'm finally back into the fitness thing where I can actually move around and eat well. So just my life is finally coming back together and being, you know, smooth and, and what you want it to be, what I want it to be. That's awesome. We're going to have to get some of your tips and tricks because because I know I'm I, my one of my New Year's resolutions this year was to to get into shape. And <clears throat> I've been doing um, a lot of uh, working out with a, a personal trainer and that's been right. been great. But but the, the diet stuff's just not <laughs> it's just it, not happening. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, one thing that I really didn't realize that I always saw and didn't think about was when people say that fitness and weight loss is that weight loss specifically is 80 percent in the kitchen and 20 percent in the gym. And until I lost all of my weight, I didn't realize exactly how true that was, that mm-hmm. you can. You can run, you can do strength training, and if you go home and just eat a bag of Cheetos afterward, it's like I used to go to the gym when I was in college, and then I would spend an hour in the gym with my buddy, and then I would go home and eat a pint of double chocolate fudge ice cream, and it's like, yeah, that's a good idea. Didn't, did not, I was like, but I went to the gym. I'm good. So then I'd sit and watch Star Trek Voyager with my dad and eat an entire pint of chocolate ice cream. Like, that's yeah. healthy. Yeah, it is a little counterproductive to what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, exactly. So the food's the hard part. Yeah, definitely. Um, what geeky stuff have you been up to recently? Uh, I finally got into Darksiders 2. I, I, I know I'm like years behind this, never played any of the Darksiders games, but I was in a conversation with the audiobook narrator, the narrator who does the audiobooks that I have, and uh, one of my friends here in town, and they were talking about Zelda Breath of the Wild that's coming out soon. And I don't have a, I don't have a Wii U. I don't have a, I'm not going to be able to get a Switch at release. So I'm like, I really want to play this game. Oh my God. And they were talking about, he's like, I'm playing, uh, Darksiders and it's kind of like Zelda for adults. And I was like, what'd you say now? And <laughs> I had both of them from Humble Bundles that I paid like a buck for. And then if you had them already, you got the HD remasters that they ended up doing. So I had those in my Steam library. So I installed it. And it's fun. It's like Zelda meets God of War. Like, I've had a lot of fun. It takes itself just seriously enough that it's ridiculous to play, and I, and it's very stylized, so I've really, really enjoyed that so far this week. I've, I've, I'm only like five hours into it, but I'm definitely going to be going through and finishing it. That's awesome. I've been looking for some new games, so that might have to, that might have to make my list. Yeah, it should be cheap now. I mean, with the HD remaster, I don't know how much it is, but I mean, the game's probably five or six years old. So when a Steam sale or a Green Man gaming sale comes up, probably get it for under five bucks. Yeah, that's not bad at all. And then I've been reading Saga. Have you ever read the comic Saga? No, it's on my my list. But uh, you know, as as a, a a teacher, you you know how it is when you have to grade a lot of term papers. It oh yeah, cuts sure down do. on the actual reading that you get to do for an enjoyment. So um, this uh, uh, April is my fifth anniversary, and we're going out of town for a weekend. And I think I will be bringing uh, Saga with me and and using that time because I find I only read when I'm on vacation. Really? Yeah. For me, it's only reading before bed. I have I, I lie down and I have a Kindle Paperwhite, and I just recently got an iPhone 7 Plus, so I have a big screen where comics look really good on it, mm-hmm. so I can do that in the dark while my wife sleeps, nice. and because uh, we like going to bed together, and so... 
that's something that I found Saga and Amazon had a deal recently that if you buy a nonfiction book that you get $10 in Kindle credit. So I found a $2 nonfiction book that I wanted and then got $10 in credit. So they gave me eight bucks and I was, so I bought Saga. I bought the first three uh, trades of Saga because all of them are, are either four or $5 on Amazon that you can read on Comixology as digital. And they're fantastic. Like I've been told that this was a good comic series. I'd be like, yeah, I've read like the first four pages. I'm like this is definitely my kind of book. And I re- I can't stop reading it every night. The last few nights I've been reading one entire trade before going to bed. Like it's really good. It is better than I thought it was going to be. Now, how far? Like, do you know about how many trades there are total right now? There are six out right now, and there is a seventh one up for pre-order. I had to look yesterday, so I knew what I was getting myself into. <laughs> there, um, that's that sounds manageable because there's a lot yeah. out there that that are a lot more overwhelming than that. So that, that yeah. might not be so bad. And since I'm not getting the, the 10 or 15, $20 paperbacks, I'm paying $5 a trade. It's like, okay, that's, that's doable and manageable where I'm not investing 50 to a hundred bucks. I'm like, I'm out 30. Yeah. Yeah. Well, very cool. So yeah, that's about all I've been doing this week, writing and developing and doing stuff like that. But that's just work at this point. I haven't been doing any fun stuff with it. Well, I mean, it pays the bills, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it really does. Watching Gravity Falls again while I'm working, sit on the couch with a laptop and just have Gravity Falls in the background. Man, I think that's my favorite show. I've heard like, really good it, things. It's so good. Like, there aren't cartoons outside of animes that I know of very much that start and end and have a specific story that's being told the entire way through. Like, it's weird. It's like watching Lost as a Disney XD cartoon because <laughs> I'm watching it and I see things that tie into, like, the last three episodes of the series that they focus on in the first, like, six episodes. I'm like, oh, man, that's – they had this planned out. Like, it tells a very specific narrative arc that fits within two seasons. And even though it ended and the, the series doesn't exist anymore – well, it exists, but it's not continuing – that's – it told the entire story. That is a one is a complete narrative, and that just com- that just amazes me when TV shows do that. I know mm-hmm. a lot of British TV does, but American shows, specifically kids shows, don't do that very often. It's like a serial narrative, and it just super impressed me that they did this. That is cool. Like I've I've said on multiple episodes of this show that I think America would be very well served to move to kind of a more British TV model. Oh, absolutely. It would cut down on all those filler episodes. And, um, you know, I, I think it's amazing that I, I didn't realize that our Sherlock in, in the BBC is yeah. like, what, six 90 minute or three hour episodes like it's not i i was like oh i'll never get into that it's too many and they're like no it's like 12 hours of viewing (laughs) yeah it's like watching a series of movies really yeah and i've not seen it i've only seen the very first episode and people like crucify me because i'm like it was good but it wasn't you know it wasn't fantastic so i'm not gonna probably sit and watch the rest of them for a long time and then they're like what is wrong with you you that's blasphemy (laughs) you ah and i'm like but i don't really care Benedict Cumberbatch is fine. Yes. And I don't just go crazy for him. Like, I want to, like, hug his voice as close to me as possible. Mm-hmm. But as far as his acting, the rest of it, like, he's a good actor. He's fine. Yeah. He's there. 
And it's like, I just want to listen to him like on loop. I want him to be the white noise machine that I listen to going to sleep like a jazz. <laughs> day, just like, hey, this is this is Benedict Cumberbatch. It's, yeah, that that was awful. And I'm sorry for everyone listening. <laughs> Everybody, I'm sorry. No worries. No worries. Well, that's cool. Yeah, we've been watching um, on Netflix. They, get, they have two seasons out, uh, a series called Shit's Creek. Have you heard of this? I have heard that it's basically – I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard it's basically like the next generation of Parks and Rec for people who want that kind of show. See, I've, I haven't really seen too much Parks and Rec. Um, I, I think of it as if, if Christopher Guest was doing a um, – a TV series, and that's okay. mostly because it's it's Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara. Okay. And uh, Eugene Le- Levy's son is playing his actual his actual son is playing his son in the show. Um, <laughs> oh, that's always fun. I love it when that kind of thing happens. Yeah, and then they're uh, and they have a woman playing their daughter, and basically they're a um, very rich family. That loses everything. I mean, that opens. It opens up with the IRS repossessing everything that they own, all and right. um, it's because their business manager had all these shady dealings, and and so that's they they lost everything. And the only thing that the IRS didn't take because it didn't have any value was the deed to a city called Shit's Creek <laughs> that that Eugene Levy's character had bought for his son as a joke. Wow. And so now they have to that's, that's the only the only property they own. So they are living in Schitt's Creek. Um these people who are completely out of touch with reality because they were that rich and having to deal with the locals who don't know how to deal with them and are and I honestly the the locals in this are are trying really really hard to make it like they kind of understand what they're going through, even they, though they have no idea what they're going through. And so okay. they're trying really, really hard, but the characters are so over the top. And Catherine O'Hara has the best lines I think ever written for television. And she delivers them with such ridiculousness. It is like, like watching Lucille it. On, like I'm thinking of Lucille on Arrested Development, something like that. Like that level of ridiculous. You know, like what kind of banana cost? Ten dollars? Yeah, a little bit like that, but it's not even like it's it's uh it would be like how much can a banana cost ten dollars? It would be like, um what what is this fruit? <laughs> I've oh. not seen it in its natural form. Like that completely out All of right. touch. <laughs> Great. I'm gonna do this tomorrow when I'm when I'm sitting on the couch with my laptop, I'm gonna be having shit's creek on in the background instead of gravity falls. Oh yeah, it, it is. It is the the characters are just so funny and so ridiculous and so so offensive to the people around them. <laughs> yeah, that, and and you can tell that that the people all start kind of kind of starstruck because Catherine O'Hara's uh, character used to be on television, and they know that these are the owners, you know, in quotation marks of the the uh-huh. town, but you know they start off kind of being awestruck and now they're kind of like avoiding them <laughs> and trying not to make eye contact and that it, sounds exactly like the kind of show that i need to watch like yeah. i think i will love this yeah i highly highly recommend um i'm so far behind on my like regular rotation of uh podcasts because yeah i have been listening to a bunch of conspiracy theory podcasts Oh my God! Don't go down the <laughs> rabbit hole. No, not that. Not not for that that uh, that reason. I'm 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 developing 
I still have not fully committed, but I am in the process of developing an actual play RPG. Awesome. And um, I'm doing, I want to do something that's kind of urban fantasy, conspiracy theory, you know, if you've heard yeah. it on the news, it's true kind of thing. And um, and so I found this, it's, it's a subsidiary of the Discovery Channel, I think. Um, it's a podcast called uh, The Stuff They Don't Want You to Know. And it's very measured. It's very like this is a this is a conspiracy theory. This is what people think, but it's not like yeah. it's true. And they're all the aliens are like it's not of that. It's just kind of explaining what the the conspiracy theories are, and you know what some of the reasonable ideas are. What some of the far fetched ideas are, and I'm just I'm just enjoying kind of the brain exercise of it all. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, and so trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to take all this information and put it into some sort of campaign? That would be the hard part. Like, yeah. Well, there are two things I think would be the hard part. Actually making the game and putting it in there, and also not getting so invested in the conspiracy theories that it all starts making sense. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, I have a friend who, uh, well, my, my wife's office mate's husband, uh, he he was telling uh, telling Jennifer on the phone the other day that uh, he's been falling behind on his podcast. He's like, yeah, because pretty much all I listen to now are a bunch of crazy preachers. And it was oh, no. it was hilarious to me uh because like that's the kind of thing that's so easy like you start listening ironically and then suddenly it's like oh this is what you're surrounding yourself with so it's like you know that doesn't make a whole lot of you know that makes sense it's like me reading starship troopers like i'm not a military guy i'm i'm not quite a pacifist but you know conscientious objector kind of stuff mm-hmm. and uh it's just like i read starship troopers and i'm like yeah let's let's do this military <laughs> and it's like not my personality not that there's anything wrong with that but it's just it's not me mm-hmm. so like being surrounded by that changed my perspective i'm like man that propaganda worked <laughs> yeah yeah that's my problem with listening to conspiracy theory stuff. I'm like, you know, that makes a whole lot of sense. It's like I'm Mulder. It's like I just want to believe things. Right, like right. That. Well, and it's very easy to, especially when you like fantasy and science fiction, and it's like there is that, hey, if you can get me bit by a spider and give me superpowers, I'd sign up for it. So Yeah, and I've been bit by so many spiders. That does not work. No. Like, no. No, not at all. But, yeah, so doing that and trying to figure out how to, um, you know, I've I've – created my own campaigns for Dungeons and Dragons and for Marvel yeah. superheroes, but I've never tried something this complex. So even if it never, if it never goes, to, you know, comes to fruition, just the kind of uh, creative exercise that it is, I think is, is kind of fun. Yeah. You're going to get something out of it regardless if it actually becomes a commercial product. Yeah, exactly. And then I guess the last thing I should mention just because it was yesterday and a lot of fun, um, I think last time you were on the show, I was in the middle of renovation. Yes. Of my house. Well, it, the five-month renovation took 11 months. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so we finally finished in November. And oh. um, one of the things that my husband had talked about a, a very long uh, time ago is once we finished the renovation, um, he would consider the option of a puppy because I am a uh. huge – yeah, I'm a huge dog lover, and he was like, absolutely not. Okay. Um, but, uh, we finished in November and he was like, you know what? I think it's time to look into getting that puppy. 
so we found a puppy. We we brought him home early January. And so yesterday we had a big come see the renovation and meet the puppy party. Oh, that would be a lovely party. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. And the cool thing was is uh, Kenny from Dumbbells and Dragons was able to come out. Oh, awesome. Yeah, and the cast of the WEC podcast and my friend Ray, who's on on this show anytime we're going to have him on next week because anytime we cover a a movie, you know, Ray comes on and covers it with us. So so it was fun to actually have, you know, a bunch of podcasters that I – absolutely adore and and have enjoyed coming um hanging out with and and meeting uh having us all be able to come over and hang out and party and drink and eat and just enjoy each other's company so yeah that's what i was talking to kenny on his podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago and that was something that he had mentioned was just like having this local community of podcasters that have connected and like that is so unreal to me that that it's possible. I mean, like being in Alabama and not necessarily rural Alabama, but, you know, in uh, in a small town, I think we might have 60,000 people in the the cert, like quad cities that I'm in. It's like, yeah, there are people and more tech is coming in. But in terms of podcasts and just that kind of community, it doesn't really exist. Right. And, and like people do them, but it's not like, oh, yeah, these guys, let's go to a party. I listen to their podcast like they're nearby. It's like y'all are. Y'all are crazy close together with just so much of a community there that I'm so jealous of being able to do that. Well, we'll have to get we'll have to get you guys out here sometime, or we'll have to go out there sometime. I think you know that's that's the lovely the the great thing about nerd conventions because <laughs> yeah. they're all over the country and they give us an excuse to get together. So that's I know really that, true. Yeah, I, my um, co-host for State of the Geek, uh, Kelly Hightower, is in North Carolina. And I know that there's got to be at some point I've got to get out there to, to actually yeah. meet her in person. So we'll have to. That's the way I am. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. That's the way I'm with Void as well, and uh, he's in Minnesota. And we've never met in person, but we've been doing this podcast for for a year, and then uh, uh, have known each other on online for so many years. Like we've never met, but all of my friends live like thirteen hour, thirteen to seventeen hours away. Yeah, it, it's crazy how much the internet has changed our relationships. Like, uh-huh. um, the the women who do a um, World of Warcraft podcast and that we've had on the show a couple times, uh, uh, EJ and Raven are out in London, okay. and we're going out to London for a week before doing a, an Iceland cruise for my parent for my in laws' seventieth birthday. Oh, and cool. so it's kind of like I I know people in London and we're gonna go sit in a pub somewhere and talk World of Warcraft for an hour, um, yeah. Because we can, and it's like I would have never had that connection if it wasn't for the interwebs. Yeah, exactly. I I was having a conversation like that actually with a guy, uh, Knife's Edge Games. Uh, we were talking about it yesterday on Twitter. It was like you need to get over to London, and I was like, <laughs> if I'm ever if I'm ever in the UK, that I would love to. And, uh, you know, the same thing just all over. I mean, there's a podcast convention in Anaheim that I would love to go to. Podcast Movement, I'm mm-hmm. sure you've heard of. It's like, yeah. I'd love to, like, because there's so many. Just get together with people like that. That would just be awesome. But we'll have to start. We'll have to start looking into that because <laughs> we got a spare room. <laughs> we, yeah, all right. And Anaheim's not that far. If I have and to drive in, I'll drive you in with me. <laughs> See, podcasting, you guys are awesome, but you got a puppy now. Like that's the draw to go into California right now is the new puppy. 
It's true. He is he is absolutely adorable. Um, we my husband of all people, because my husband is is he's he's nerdy about about geology and geography right. and weather, but he's not a big comic book geek. He's not big into uh, a lot of stuff like that. So, but we, we watch the Arrow and we watch Flash, and so we he named the the puppy Oliver Queen Lancelotti Hogan. That's so, awesome. Yeah, so little Ollie is – he was a big hit yesterday. Everybody was like, oh, my God, he's so much cuter than in the pictures. <laughs> and See, uh, that's, that's the way I did, actually. My wife wanted a dog for so long, and we finally bought a house with a yard specifically so that she could get a dog. And I was like, I'm not really a dog person. I'm a cat person. We get this dog, and I'm like, I fall in love. Like, this uh-huh. dog is my life now. And and uh, we get her, and I name we name her, and, and Jennifer had final say on the name. But her full, we call her Leia, and I'm a Star Wars geek, of course, and Jennifer mm-hmm. likes Star Wars, but her her full name is Princess Leia Organa Solo Butler Keaton. And uh, <laughs> so we had to do, like, and when she gets older, she's going to get promoted to general on all of her paperwork because, you know, she had to start out as princess first, obviously. That's awesome. That's her cool. Yeah. What kind of, what kind of uh, dog? She's a shelter mutt. We think she's mostly a uh, golden retriever, but she uh, she has spots on her nose. So we and the way her ears are, the way her ears are, we think she probably has some spaniel in her as well. Very cool. That's that's a that's got to be a pretty dog. Oh, she is she is beautiful. I'll send you a picture of her. She is she is gorgeous. I just Please love do. this dog. Like like I said, I'm not. I never said I was a dog person. I'm like, oh, give me hugs, puppy. Ah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's she's my baby. Yeah, well, and that's how that's how Matt was. Like, he was like, "Yeah, we'll get the dog, and it'll be great." And then, like, several times the first week, I saw him just kind of hugging the puppy mm-hmm. and looking longing and lovely at the puppy. And now, you know, the puppy will do all these things that I was afraid were gonna piss him off because he doesn't yep. like the, the misbehavior. And he's like, "Oh, look, he's he's being so cute. He's being naughty, but he's being so cute." I know that's exactly the way I am. Like, I <laughs> empathize with him so much. It was like, "Oh, like this dog's never gonna be in the house ever." And it's like. But it's cold outside. She needs to be inside and be warm and hugging me. <laughs> she needs to get warm through my body heat. It's yeah, I, I totally, I totally understand. Look at her eating that poop. It's adorable. <laughs> it's like, so yeah. true. Yeah. Um. Very cool. It sounds like we've been we've been keeping it geeky. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Um, before we move on to our, our feature, I uh, want to talk a little bit about, uh, we mentioned it last episode, um, our, our friend Russell Emanuel, who was on episode 37 of this show with his movie Occupants, uh, is in the middle of an Indiegogo campaign for his latest film, The Assassin's Apprentice, and it's uh, starring t- Star Trek veterans Tara Page, Marina Sirtis, and Robert Picardo. And they, I think, are now two thirds of the way through their um, their fundraising. They're actually at seventy six percent as of this morning. So, so they're getting there, and they have two weeks left. So, if you are listening to this uh, and you you have a, a little bit of moolah to spare, go ahead and check out the Indiegogo campaign. It's for the Assassin's Apprentice. Uh, the link will be in the show notes. And uh, they're trying to get the kind of some pickup shoots and visual effects in there to to finish it off. So check that out. Yeah, I actually went and checked it out when I saw that in the notes that you sent me. I was like, I love Star Trek. I have to see what this is. Yeah. So I'm gonna look more into it whenever I whenever we're not on here. Yeah, I'm 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 curious as to what it is because it looks it looks like a very interesting, very 
different movies, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. And Russell's a great guy, so you know, I'm more than happy to support. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, today we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, with especially with the climate as it is in America today. <laughs> Yeah. It is very important to take care of yourself, and uh, we all tend to be as geeks. Uh, we live online, and there's a lot of stuff going on online, and it's very easy to get very affected by that. So we're going to talk today about how to kind of counteract some of the negativity and just kind of make sure we're taking care of ourselves. Yeah, and that's that's been a really big thing for me lately is like I was saying before to you before we started is like this has been a major a major issue for me since November living in North Alabama in such a red state and kind of being the blue speck and uh blue speck in a red state where I'm by far the minority of where I live. That that's got to be um very it's got to be a little stressful cuz I know I, I drive through a red area in my state, but I'm in California, so it's right. how how right. red could it possibly be? And uh, <laughs> I've had this, I've had this conversation on the State of the Geek with uh, with Kelly, who lives in in North Carolina, and she's like, it's you know, it is a completely different climate when you don't live a sanctuary mm-hmm. city or a state where it is. Um, you know, where where it is, it matches the the morals or values that you have, and it's tough. Yep. yep. Yeah, I've talked a lot about that with uh, Void, the uh, my co-host from Geek to Geek, and because he lives in a blue state, and we've talked a lot about just the differences in culture that comes from it. And a couple of years ago, maybe it was last year, year before last, I don't remember one of the years we uh, we went to Portland, Oregon. And it was when, I don't know if you remember a lot of the Confederate flag stuff that was going on in the South, where I think it was South Carolina had the Confederate flag at the state capitol. And there were a lot of, like, specifically where I live, there were a lot of Confederate flag uh, parades and, like, intimidation with people putting them on their pickup trucks and flying them and, uh, like, doing convoys, like, all through town, through parking lots, like, basically making these demonstrations of it. And all this stuff was going on. And Jennifer and I were in Portland the entire time. And it was the weekend that uh, the week that uh, gay marriage was legalized by the Supreme Court was uh, upheld. And so it's like we couldn't have been in a better place for us for that political stuff on both sides. It's like we're in Portland right now. And we left the day that uh, marijuana was legalized. And we're just like everything that that is happening right now is great because we're not in Alabama. It is. And it was, it was just a completely different culture at that point. It was, it was fantastic. And here immediately after the election, it was very hard for me. I had to, that was really when I had to start doing a lot more self care. And I mean, the last year and a half where I, after I had basically a, I call it my nervous breakdown, but it, I mean, it was, I didn't get hospitalized or anything. It was just when panic got to the point where it was truly affecting my life in every, every respect that, uh, I had to start practicing self-care a lot more then. But after November, it took weeks for me because my county voted uh, two-thirds Republican and one-third Democrat. And it took me weeks to look, not look at everybody. I was like, are you one of the two-thirds? You did this. 
you did this. I'm judging you. Like everybody, I was like, two thirds of the people I look at on a daily basis, you did this. And like, I was judging and it was affecting me on a, on an emotional and, and personal level where I couldn't look at people the same way. So I had to really take a step back and look at how, not what they, they didn't affect me as people, but I was letting it affect me down to my core. So I had to really find ways to deal with that that were healthy as opposed to, you know, walking into a store and being like, you're buying a shirt. I also hate you. And it was it was that kind of thing. It's like, you did this. I don't like you. You shouldn't have that shirt because you're terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It was very hard. It's very hard because one of that's one of the things everybody was so blindsided by how um, how much of a discrepancy the polls Mm-hmm. were off that that it it did have a little bit of that paranoia of you know how can i trust anybody anymore because you may be smiling to my face but i don't know what you're actually exactly yeah and that's kind of the way it is like and i'm insulated like i have very much one of uh, my wife's cousins is a pastor and he said something really fantastic that you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with And I started thinking about that. I was like, that's true, because I have surrounded myself with incredibly open-minded, tolerant, just great, good, you know, humanitarian people. And then I forget that the greater area where I live is not necessarily tolerant and understanding and open-minded. And it's, it's just complete. I have to remember that the greater area is not like that and that I, I am insulating myself in a lot of ways, and that's not healthy either. Right. Well, well some of, what are some of the, the tips and tricks that you have or, or changes that you've made that have um, helped you out with all of this? Um, different things is avoid mainly avoiding technology and social media. Like there were there was a while there where I stayed on Facebook, on Twitter, on on news sites constantly just trying to get any new blurb of information and like trying to share it and be involved in this to the point where it was unhealthy. And so I had to step back and realize that yes, I can stay informed, but no, I don't have to get directly involved in every snippet that comes out. And I take Jennifer and I both have anxiety issues. So we take time every night where we put our phones away, we put screens away of any kind, and we try to have at least 30 minutes, more like an hour when we really get into it, where we either spend time together or we spend time doing yoga or meditation, and we just call it quiet time, where maybe we're hugging the dog for an hour. Whatever it is, we are are spending time not being connected and that has helped so much. It helps our sleep. It helps, you know, our relationship because we don't. I read the term fubbing, which is phone snubbing someone for being in the same room. It's ridiculous. But, you know, we all do it where they're trying to have a conversation with us and you're scrolling through Twitter and it's like, yeah, yeah, sure. And it's like, oh, look at this kitten. And it's, uh, that's something that it's enhanced our relationship doing that. And it makes me feel better and more mindful when I realize that I can do that, that I don't feel that pull nearly as much, just grab my phone and check it when I'm making a conscious effort every day to disconnect. 
where that makes me feel kind of a more uplifted where I can look and I'm very reflective so I can think back on my day. I can look back at the things that I've done and accomplished and what I still need to do forward and not in a stressful way of, oh, I have all of this stuff going on that that work is overwhelming. You know, my family life is overwhelming. It's no, you're moving forward yet that I can really look at everything piece by piece because I've set aside the time to do that on a daily basis. I think setting aside a time for yourself is such a big thing that so many of us don't do. I know yeah. I've started meditating in the morning when I first get up because Awesome. Yeah, as as you know, we've said I have an hour and a half drive in and uh and so I'm up at five. I my mouth the door by five forty five and uh uh, an hour and a half on a good day. Sometimes it'll mm-hmm. be up to two hours to get to school. And then I'm there with students all day and teachers and parents and, you know, interacting, interacting. And then another hour and a half home, dinner, interact with my husband, interact with my dog, go to bed, rinse, repeat. Yep. And none of that time, you know, you, people could argue that the the commute is, is alone time. And I try oh. to structure it as much as possible but when you're being cut off in traffic. <laughs> that is not relaxing self-care time. Even when it's not being cut off in traffic, and you're right, that is way more stressful. Even when it is a, a lone highway where you're the only car that you can see, not alone time. It is it is crazy time. Like I can't because I'm active. My mind has to be paying attention to what's around, and you know, it is it is not alone time. And like it, it is, but it's not healthy alone time. It's not reflective. You know, sitting being mindful time. Right. And so yeah. So I've been trying to get up maybe five minutes earlier. You know, I, I can yep. I can handle four fifty five. Yeah. And uh, and you know. I'm, I'm lucky that my principal is is aware of my situation and I don't start teaching right at 8. My, I actually have my right, first block awesome. as a prep period. So if I walk in at 8.15, you know, it's, most principals would be kind of giving you the stink eye and going, oh, yeah. wait. And she's like, oh, traffic's bad this today, huh? You know, she gets it. That's that's fantastic. That like you said, that doesn't happen very often. Like that is super lucky. Yeah, and so you know, and I and I try not to take advantage of it, but right. you know, even if I'm running a little bit late, you know, I didn't get a, a really great night's sleep, so I, I my my pace is a little slower in the morning. I still go, you know what? I'm taking my ten minutes, whether it's going to make me late or not, and I'm I, I use the Headspace app. Okay, I've used Headspace. Yeah, and I and I just take that time to kind of clear my head. I'm I'm terrible at it, and people are like, "Well, you can't be terrible at meditation." No, but my mind, like, I'm right now the one I'm listening to, I think, is stress and okay. or no, self esteem or something like that. And you're supposed to, anytime you have a thought, you're supposed to label it thought or feeling, and then let it mm-hmm. go. And basically, my entire meditation morning is thought, 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 thought thought <laughs> because my brain just goes yep it is it is at least time for me that i'm setting aside where I, I i'm not responsible to anybody yes and that is that's the most important part like you're not even responsible to yourself at that point you are just there you're in that five minutes and whatever happens kind of happens and i've used headspace and i i didn't get as much out of it and it's a fantastic app because i I didn't like doing the picking your emotion and doing for different things every day with the self-esteem, the, the, all of that, which is incredibly helpful. For me, I use 10% happier. Have you ever used it? 
Uh, I haven't. I've, I listened to a little bit of the of his interviews, but I haven't listened to the the um, the meditations. I love the meditations. That's what got me into it. And the big thing on that one is he uh, the initial course is a fourteen day course, and it is guided by a guy named Joseph Goldstein. And he does a lot of the same things where you do the labeling as you go through, and he's like, okay, I'm thinking, you know, and you just you you quietly label it and you push it aside. And the the big thing that he said that really gets me is that you can be terrible at meditating, but eventually you're going to get better. And even if you are a master at this, even if you have been doing it for 60 years, the the same principle applies as when you're a beginner is simply begin again. And that really made really made my life. It made my life better. It made my life 10% happier. <laughs> see, see what I did there? And it did because it's like, yeah, I failed on this. I'm thinking about work. Now let me focus on my breathing. Let me focus on this. Like, okay, there's, there's, I'm thinking about World of Warcraft. Okay, let me, I'm beginning again. I, I come back to center and take a few breaths and really focus on that. And just that one idea of simply beginning again, I've been able to put into other parts of my life. That was one of the reasons I was able to move from having a salaried teaching position into freelance web development. That kind of thing is, you know, I'm I'm 34 years old, and it's like I was 33 when I quit, and it was just like, yes, the anxiety is bad, and everything is around me doing this, but I can begin again. That I can go off in a random, even if this is a bad trajectory for me, cool, I'll begin again after that. And it's being able to take those small things like, yep, I'm thinking about monkeys now, and applying that skill that you're learning to something else and that has been honestly life-changing for me that's very cool that's very cool and i'm gonna have to check out 10 percent happier because I, I i know you have mentioned it on on your podcasts but i i am a huge fan like i'm a fanboy of this like it is one of those things where i have never read a book and the audiobook is fantastic and i've never read a book that I could honestly say changed my life like i've never said that about anything and i'm like this book changed my life and i'm just like that's crazy to me because i always thought that was like hyperbole but no i've seen stuff directly in my life come from reading that book and the changes that came from it now the other thing that i have uh stolen from you because of your uh your podcasts and your recommendations is i am a huge fan of happier by gretchen rubin mm, yeah i love her love that podcast it got my husband listening to it um i am a monopoliger okay he is a rebel well he says he's a um he's taken the, the quiz twice and he, <laughs> he he the first time he got a rebel and i've said yes absolutely and then the second time he got a um questioner mm. and i guess there is a i guess if you're a questioner you can be a rebel or a um what's the what's what she is the um I cannot remember what that one is. I'll, I could remember those three, and I can't remember the other one there. Whichever the the, the uh, we do everything, <laughs> we're great at external and internal yeah. obligations. Um, you, I guess the rebel can go either way, and upholder. That's it. Upholder. There you go. Yep. And uh, and so you know, I'm like, I think you might be a rebel with uh, questioner tendencies. I don't, I don't buy uh -huh. this questioner bit. But anyway, it's funny because we've it's changed how we we talk about our idiosyncrasies. Yeah. 
hey, you know that thing that you did? That's totally your rebel coming out right now. Yep. And, and it does. And, and, you know, you listen to these self-help things like that. And, you know, growing up, I was like, uh, self-help, uh, Tony Robbins. And then I, I, I listened to these and I'm just like, wow, there, there is something to that where I realize that I'm in between questioner and obliger where I want to make everybody happy. But I'm like, why do I do this? Like, why? What is it that I'm why am I pushing myself so hard for somebody else? It's like, but I need their approval. And it, it's just, yeah, that I'm I'm by far both of those. Yeah. So, I mean, I just love it because, I mean, I, I've always been the guy who does not sleep. And as she says uh, on her show, Gretchen Rubin is a, a sleep Nazi and um, or a sleep bully, I guess is what she. Calls it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but, you know, and my husband has always been very much like, no, I need eight hours. And if I don't get eight hours, just stay out of my way the next day. OK, fair. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and he just didn't get it. And the more the older I get and the more I realize, oh, my God, sleep makes such a big difference. Yes. It does. And I was the same way. I was like, eh, sleep. I'll stay up till 4.30 in the morning playing WoW. I'll get up at, you know, 7 or 8. I'm good. And when my wife had a major anxiety episode that hers manifests as insomnia, it got me on the same schedule as her because, you know, we had to have that regularity. My life just got better. It was like, oh, sleep matters so much. It doesn't matter that I'm running a dungeon at three o'clock in the morning. Go to bed at nine. And it, it really, it does. Sleep matters to me, at least. And it's not a, a, I have to get eight hours. It's, I just have to have a consistent schedule about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that with the puppy, that was a big, that was <laughs> because um, my husband has sleep apnea. Okay. That has caused him a lot of anxiety because getting used to having something sucking on your face all night is is not is not a comfortable situation. So um we actually moved him out of the main bedroom into the guest bedroom for about a month so that Ooh. I could if the dog needed to get up, I could get up and take care of the dog without waking him up and it wouldn't disrupt his sleep schedule. <laughs> but yeah, too much for mine. <laughs> I am I'm really lucky that I had sleep at not lucky that I had sleep apnea, but I had sleep apnea and I was really lucky that mine stopped whenever I lost weight that I did. I stopped snoring and my apnea went away and it was because mine was weight induced and I never had to get the mask. Thank goodness, because I think that 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 transition of learning to do that, I can totally see the anxiety because the more I thought about it, I was like, I don't know if I could sleep. How's this working? I'm I'm so scared I'll have to do that. Yeah, yeah. And and his is, you know, I, I don't think it's so much weight-induced. He, he's just, he does not wear ties because he's just got, he, a yeah. build is a thick neck. And they said, yep, you're a build of person. Yep. You're, you're going to have this. It's a problem. And so, you know. We went. I went a month where I would get up every morning at three thirty to let the dog out because he was still a puppy and couldn't make it mm. all the way through the night. Yeah. And, and like I, two weekends ago, I'm like, we're moving him out of the bedroom, and he, he has an accident in the crate. He has an accident in the crate, but I need a full night's sleep. Yep. I uh, yeah. That's 
And I have to ask, with, with him doing the, uh, before he got the machine and everything, did you check to make sure he was breathing when you woke up in the middle of the night? I did. Well, because he, he, he asked. We, we had a friend who had sleep apnea, and I started hearing him talk about how he would fall asleep at the desk of the computer, and, and he would have trouble driving home when he was coming back from, right. from school. And I was like, you know what? We are, my friend was very much like that, and he had sleep apnea. Are you sure you don't have this? And he's like, I'm not sure. And so then I started being conscious about when I woke up because he was snoring. And uh-huh. I, I'm lucky. I'm, I'm a pretty heavy sleeper, so I could – um, listen to him. I mean, I, he snores through the night and I very rarely wake up, but if I wake up, um, you know, I would kind of say, yeah, it sounds like he's stopping. Yeah. And so like, dude, you need to go (laughs) (laughs) this out because this is, this is not healthy. And within the first week he was like, okay, I don't like the the hose and I don't like this. He says, but I do sleep better and I do feel better and I'm not falling asleep. And it was like 24 hours and there was difference. Wow. That is, that's crazy because I know Jennifer had checked on me whenever I was, whenever I was doing that a lot. So that's, that's why I was asking if it was something, because I know that was how I knew she was like, yeah, I've noticed this. You need to be careful about it. And so it was that, that's why I was just curious about that. If it was you that helped move forward with getting that done. It was a little bit, but it was mostly because of his symptoms during the day matched up with a, a friend of ours. Right. And so I was like calling my friend Emmett. I'm like, dude, <laughs> talk to him about sleep apnea because you've had great success. Um, and he, when Matt got tested, he stopped breathing 58 times in an hour. Oh man. He has about as severe apnea as you yep. possibly have. And now he doesn't snore at all. Like we've gone on trips before with people where they're like throwing pillows across the room because he won't stop snoring. Uh-huh. And like he he doesn't make a peep anymore. Yep. And that I, I don't either. Like I Jennifer used to have to sleep with earplugs because of because of that. And for me, once I once that weight got off from around my neck, that was just great. Like our our sleep lives have gotten so much better. I, I was gonna say our bed lives are like that sounds dirtier than I intended to be. It's like no, our sleep is better because of it. And like you said, he's built like that. I was lucky that I have a very scrawny neck that I didn't realize for years. Well, very cool. What other what other things have you found have uh, have kind of helped you recenter, refocus? We've got, we had sleep. We've had taking time for yourself, take time away from technology. I know a friend of mine last night was just like, I've deleted Facebook off my phone. I will look at it on a computer, but only, but I will not have it with me on my phone. Um, so, what are some of the other little things, tips and tricks you've you've found work? Well, exercise really helps me. And exercise and yoga both, and yoga is an exercise, but the main thing is I tend to do meditative kind of exercises where I can kind of zone out. And it's not a mindless zoning out. It's kind of one of those introverted reflective zoning out where I can just exercise and get so caught up in the physicality of it that it's just almost, and I feel really terrible for saying this, but it's almost a transcendental kind of thing when you fully get into that flow and it's just like, I'm good. Everything is good for a while. And then just leave, once that's over, just having that feeling of physical exhaustion, but knowing that it's not a negative thing. Really just, it's like, life is good. It's like, my legs are sore. 
I'm kind of happy now. It's like I'm just going to lay here and be like halfway asleep for a couple of hours. And doing that on the weekend, that kind of thing has really helped me because it allows me to disconnect from pretty much everything. And that's really my big thing is just that disconnection because I am very kind of uh, what my counselor called hypomanic. And uh, because I have bipolar, too, uh, that I was diagnosed with recently, which is different than uh, normal bipolar, because I didn't know this existed. And it's uh, typically with major hypomania, which is constantly starting all kinds of new all kinds of new projects, like doing like six, seven things at once. And every one of them has the same priority in your life. So you're constantly bouncing and multitasking. So being able to do one single thing at a time has really helped me. I've worked with her a lot in doing that. And that's where the exercise comes in. Because when I'm in that moment of exercising, that's what I'm doing. And I'm able to disconnect from everything except for what my body is doing. Or like, I'm really bad about like playing video games on my phone while I'm pooping. And you know, that like she actually told me, stop playing Hearthstone while you poop. And it was like that kind of thing because I wasn't ever present. Like I was never present because my mind was always somewhere else. So being able to focus on exercise put me in that mindset of being able to focus on the oatmeal I'm eating in the morning. You know, if I'm, you know, weirdly going to the bathroom, I'm there. Like I am not grabbing my phone and reading something while I pee in a in a in a restaurant or something. It's it is just small things of making sure that I am actually present doing a single thing at a time. And I'm trying to take that into my computer use as well. And it's not working nearly as well because I still have like eight tabs like I don't know if you're a tab user like I am where like I have when I have two monitors, like I will have like four to six tabs on each monitor, if not more than that, where I'm going in between keeping things saved open and reading part of an article, then jumping to another one on my on my laptop. I swipe between desktops on Mac like constantly. I'll have different windows and, and full screen versions of Chrome up and I need to stop that because, again, that is overwhelming stimulus or overwhelming stimuli that can trigger that kind of thinking about so many different things at once and looking at them as equal importance and priority. Learning to prioritize and do one single thing at a time has been a major self-care thing for me because it's it has just let me calm down. And my because I'm able to focus on one thing, because I'm able to calm down, my anxiety manifests a lot as fear. Then I'm able to approach and see things. And then instead of reacting to it out of that fear that's manifesting, I'm able to take a step back and respond to it intelligently instead of it just being a knee jerk reaction to something. So it all stems from being able to do one thing at a time. That's a really good tip because I am a tab person. My my computer at school boots up with every tab I could possibly need in the morning. And yep. they say open through the rest of the day. And if I have time to, to browse other things, I open up a new browser and there we go. So mm-hmm. I, that's definitely one I'm going to try. And it's hard. The hardest is the computer. Like, as you try this, be aware that for me, at least, the computer is the – I can do it easier on my phone. Even though I can have tabs and different uh, browser windows up there, much easier 
than it is on uh, the computer. That is much harder to me than doing the rest of my life. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I in this we're so busy as people nowadays. It's like, I, yeah. it's just multitasking. Like I know when I edit this episode, I will probably have a video game going just because mm. that's the only time I'm going to get to play today. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, you're, even though I know at the end of the day, it'll probably go quicker and take less time if I just focus on editing and then maybe try and get a little bit of gaming in afterwards. Uh-huh. I, I know that this is what's going to work for me for right now just because i that's where my mindset is but maybe i need to start changing that mindset and that was actually specifically what my counselor told me was yes this works for you right now but what happens in three months from now and i'm like i go through a depressive phase phase that lasts three months she's like yeah and you know why i was like because i burned myself out doing everything else and it really is it was a three or four month swing up and down every time because i would have these hypomanic phases where i was doing all this and then i would hit a depressive phase and do literally nothing where sometimes i couldn't do anything but sit and lie on the floor and watch youtube videos like that's all i could do and it was it was being able to recognize the hypomania as being something other than just this is how my life is. So being able to look ahead and realize that me acting this way now, yes, it feels great now, but and this is what works right now. But in three months from now or whatever is the next project that I have, it's not going to work. So if I practice this skill tomorrow or today, then I'm going to be able to eventually open up more time and be healthier because I'm not overwhelmed at the uh, further on down the line and, and can't do anything where basically what, what I've learned to do is instead of having incredibly high spikes of productivity and incredibly low spikes of no productivity, I'm doing my best to focus on one thing to keep it even the entire time, which ends up with a net gain of things that I've done and things that are uh, that are actually the productivity evens out over the course where I get more done, as well as the happiness of not ever. Yeah, I'm not as happy as I ever am. I mean, like when you're when you're on in a hypomanic stage, it is like like the world is bright and colorful and everything is great. Unicorns and rainbows, that, you know, are ev- around every corner. And then. No, that's not the way it is most of the time. But it's more consistent contentedness and happiness without that underlying fear that everything is going to go dark at some point in the future, where much healthier, much better way to live the rest of my life. So I'm way okay with that. If I never see another unicorn in my life, hopefully I'll never see another skeletal horse like Baron Rivendare either. That's for you WoW fans out there. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's an important thing to to talk about. Um, both you and I see therapists and right. I, I cannot stress to people enough how if you have insurance that will cover it, it is not a terribly uh, cumbersome financial no. thing to do um, and, and it makes a huge difference. Again, just for me, the meditating in the morning, the exercising once a week with a trainer – the, the going to a therapist uh, once every other week, those are things that I consider things that I am doing for me. I yes. share the time with the trainer with my husband, but it's still, I you know, sometimes they'll be talking and I can just focus on what I'm doing. Um, the the therapist twice a week or twice 
a month that I can just sit there and talk to somebody about what I need to get off my chest without any judgment. Yep. And and I people don't think understand how important it is. It's not there's there's no shame in it. There's no there's, oh I go to a therapist. It's it's you know there's something wrong with me. No, as my therapist says, everybody needs like. An, uh, an oil change every once in a while. Yeah. It's like a mental, emotional oil change. It really, really is. And I actually refer, I have a, an appointment tomorrow for the first time since I think November or December. I can't remember which, but I got to the point after going to, uh, Every two weeks for a year, uh, over a year, we decided that it was cool for me to kind of go in regularly. I got to the point where I wasn't having these panic attacks on a daily or weekly basis. And it had been months since I'd really had an issue, like major, major anxiety-driven issue. And my wife and I were, were talking about stuff. We were communicating. And just a lot of the stuff in my life had gotten better. And tomorrow morning is my tune-up. Like, I'm calling it my tune-up because I'm going in after three or four months just making sure everything's cool. You know, making sure that she's going to talk to me about how things are going, you know, assess and address things. And it's not any, I'm excited about it to be able to tell her how well I'm doing in a lot of ways. See if there's anything else that I can work on. It's a lot. Of, you're right. A lot of people think that there's like it indicates that there's something wrong and it's not you're you go to the doctor for a yearly physical you go to the dentist to get cleanings and make sure your teeth aren't falling out then why don't you go to make sure that your brain isn't backfiring i mean it's to me the the idea of mental health is that it is health it is just as important as your physical health if you're if you i always say if you break your leg you're going to go to the emergency room but if you have a panic attack you're not telling anyone about it. Like you're embarrassed by it. It's like, I'm not going to get embarrassed by a broken leg. I'm not going to get embarrassed because I, I freak out about something that with the no being no, no reason for it. Um, there is a reason for it. And that may not be something you can work out on your own. And you need a, like you need a doctor or a professional to help you with that because you're not a professional. You can't, you can't tell if you have cancer or AIDS or a sinus infection on your own. You have to go to a doctor for that. How can you tell if you have bipolar or borderline or depression or anything like that on your own? It is, you know, exactly the same in my mind of needing that professional intervention. And there's nothing to be ashamed of that even the people at my doctor, when I got referred to this particular counselor it was they're like and you have your counselor's appointment on monday and i'm like yeah i'll go to my counselor i'll I'll meet one it's like i want to feel better it's like so i got to the point where all any kind of stigma that people may have judged me about that didn't matter as opposed to making my life better i had to feel better and it really did like it made a huge difference in my quality of life just going in and I trust her like I truly truly trust her that's hard to come by because I went through one counselor that I despised and one psychiatrist who I absolutely loathed and found her and like I will go to her until she stops practicing yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I was like, and if you go there and you're like, oh, wow, I have went to a therapist and I didn't like it at all. It's like you, you went to the wrong therapist for you. Yeah. Um, because I, I lucked out. I, I found somebody and when I contacted them, they actually didn't take my insurance mm. and they, Ouch. uh, they recommended me to somebody else. 
And when the other per I talked to the other person, the, the, the first person was very much, how are you doing and what's going on and tell me a little bit about yourself. Right. The, the second person who I ended up sticking with was like, okay, so this is the insurance that you have and this is so it looks like we're fine, so come on in. And I was like, well, that seems like a business transaction. And so, yep, exactly. Yeah, I went in there thinking, oh, this is, this is not going to be the one for me. Um, but she's played World of Warcraft. Okay. She understands gamers, and she, um, when I was describing to her some of the things that I was going through, because I just lost my my dad and my grandma within six months of each other, and there's oh. of stuff going on, and I'm an obliger, so I was trying to rescue everybody from what they were going through. Yep. Um, all the words that I had used to describe what I was going through to my husband she was giving to me before I even said them. And I'm like, okay, this is it. This is, this is the right one. Yep. yep, exactly. And that's, that's the way I was. I had the first counselor I saw, she gave me worksheets and I'm a feeler. Like I'm, I'm a feeler. I'm a hugger. I, the way my wife puts it is that I feel all the emotions as I feel all the emotions all the time as much as I can feel them. And that is, that's a big issue. And when somebody comes in, it's like, okay, what are your issues? Here's this problem. I'm like, well, here, fill out this worksheet and bring it back next time. I'm like, but I want to talk to you. I need, I need verbal and emotional like validation and confirmation and assessment and friendship here. And you're like, fill out this worksheet. It's like, I'm not a third grader doing math. And I, I, I did not get along with her. And when I saw a psychiatrist uh, who I was referred to to actually get the bipolar di uh, diagnosis, which, you know, he and my primary care physician, you know, he was like, yeah, this is possible, but I don't know. My primary care physician was like, yeah, that, that, that is a, yeah, that is what this likely is. And the psychiatrist basically told me, no, you're just impulsive and a bad person. Like, my wife was in there with me and she was like, he, and we walked out of the end of the parking lot. Like I invited her because she didn't fully believe me because I, I do tend to take things personally. And so she didn't necessarily believe me that it was as bad as I said it was with him because she had seen him before and uh, he really, really, really helped her. And then when we were walking out, she was like, he doesn't like you very much. I'm like, yeah, no kidding. And uh, he basically said, you're just impulsive and a bad person. I'm like, yeah, that's not this isn't going to work for me. I'm never giving you money ever again. And when my primary care physician and everybody and my counselor and everything are just great with all of this. But if they don't work for you, they don't work for you. And that's OK. They work for other people. You know, like I said, I'm touchy feely and my counselor, while not geeky, she is super touchy feely, hippy dippy like it. And, and so we really do get along about stuff like that so it doesn't matter about the geeky stuff but yeah if she were and she doesn't even you know necessarily make me pay on the day i was like yeah i'll bill you i'll check your insurance at some point that's fine i'll just you know email me and tell me when you want me to charge the card and i'm like cool this is great it's like because it's not a business transaction to her she wants to help and then we'll worry about the insurance and finances later and that's really important when you're looking for somebody to make sure that you know you're not like spiraling deep into insanity yeah because they're they're there to to really get to know you and how you work so that they can kind of nudge you in the direction you need to go to be healthy and so yes. that, that's what they have to be focused on yeah so you know i guess i guess the moral of this is hey this is this is an important thing yeah uh, make sure you get real. the right one yeah and you know 
it's okay if you don't. I mean, even counselors who don't work for you can still help you. My wife saw somebody who got her through a very, very, very dark time, and she hated him. But she didn't have a choice other than to deal with him for the time being. And once she got out of – basically got out of the worst part of it, she didn't see him anymore because she didn't need that service. Like, she really did approach him as a service provider that got her from point A to point C. And he happened to be point B, and if she could have jumped, she would have. And it's okay. She's like, I'm never going to see him again. But he did what he needed to do. So it just it, it's a personal thing on I could not deal with that psychiatrist. So some people can deal with stuff better than others. And I'm like, nope, screw this. I'm done. And that's just my personality, though. I'm all or nothing. I'm like, I either love you or you are dead to me. And so that guy's dead to me. <laughs> well, any other little tips and tricks we should think about? I think um, covered a good swath of them. Yeah, the main things for me are disconnecting and focusing on one thing at a time. More than anything else, those are the those are the big things that have changed my life and made it better. And not looking at actually, yeah, one thing. My counselor told me one thing, and I forgot about this entirely. Don't think that there is any any kind of right choice that you are not ever going to make the right choice in any given situation unless, you know, like you're murdering somebody. I mean, that is the right or wrong choice. Do not kill people. But if you are, you know, in most situations, you're going to be faced with a choice and there is no right or wrong answer. If you make a bad decision for yourself and the consequences happen to be not what you either want or can deal with, then you make the next best choice that you can. You can only make the best choice that you can make in any given situation and when and then you see what happens after that and then you can course correct and you can make the next best choice you go one step at a time doing that and for me it was when i knew that i had to leave my job because of the anxiety that you know the next best choice isn't quitting my job immediately like that is the right choice getting out of that job was the right choice but that couldn't be the next best choice so i had to do job research. I had to do a lot of self-reflection. Am I okay going from a director of a learning center and college professor to being a grocery store clerk, if I have to, to being an entry-level position again, and then start putting applications in at Starbucks and at different places, and where one step at a time got me to the point where I could make the right decision, but I had to make the best choice that I could make in any given situation leading up to that. And because I, like I said, I'm all or nothing. It's like, I can quit my job today or I'm never quitting it. And she's like, no. And if you stay there, what's going to happen is like, I'm going to go crazy and I'm going to lose my house. I'm never going to work again. I'm going to live in a cardboard box under the under a bridge and my family's going to starve. And she's like, no, your wife has a job. You can still pay your mortgage. You're going to be unhappy. That's the next thing. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. So being able to do the next best choice, like at any given time, there is a next best choice for you. There is not a right or a wrong that really did help too well thank you very much i think that's a, a lot of good information i think hopefully if people are listening to this it gives them some things to work on and i think both you and i have kind of tried to make ourselves available to our online audiences if they have questions or things so yeah 
Uh, hopefully people can get in touch with either of us if they have anything else that they would like to um, ask or, or more specifics on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm an open book about things, so people can just send me a message, and I'm I'm right there. There is very much no judgment uh, about anything, so please feel free. I'm not a professional, but I've been through a whole lot. <laughs> very cool. All right, any shout-outs for anybody this week? Um, well, yeah, since we're on self-care and thinking about this, I did a podcast, uh, one of the Geek Fitness Health Hacks, on uh, self-care with uh, Mike Sweetman of Force Within. He is awesome. Like, uh, He's starting this new blog that is and video series about using like Jedi principles and things like that for self-care and stress relief and meditation and yoga, and it's fantastic. He's doing a lot with Instagram right now, and he is at force within tv and i'm i'm really loving the stuff that he's doing so he cares a lot about people and, and he focuses a lot on self-care so if that is something that you want to learn a whole lot more about i really do think you guys would get a lot out of force within that's awesome i'm gonna have to check that out i've heard i think i've heard of that before but um but it's great to have a resource to kind of Add the, yeah, and add the geekiness to self-care. And I know he used to do a blog called Be a Healthy Geek, and he's transitioned into this to make it a bit more focused and niche-driven. Niche driven. That's awesome. Very cool. Uh, I'd like to shout out to uh, Mandy, uh, Katie, Kevin, and Kelly from the WEC podcast, and uh, Kenny Rotter and his wife Veronica from Dumbbells and Dragons uh, for making the long trek out to Palm Springs yesterday and uh, and sharing uh, sharing themselves with us and celebrating with us and I, I really appreciate the the fact that I'm able to be part of of this community out here so I just wanted to acknowledge them and and thank them for for caring and coming out that's fantastic uh, coming up next week, we are going to be talking about – we'll do our Logan Spoilcast with uh, Ray Curtis. <laughs> and are you looking forward to seeing Logan? I forgot it came out this weekend. Oh, my goodness. When you said Spoilcast, I'm like, ah, that's this weekend. Uh, I, is it this weekend or is it coming out on Friday? I think it's is coming it out on Friday. Yeah, I think it's coming out on Friday. Okay, it is. It's Friday, so I've got a week. I was like, oh, goodness. Okay. okay. Oh, yeah, you haven't missed anything. <laughs> All right. I was like, how did I miss this? Oh, my God. Yeah, we try to get we try to get our spoiler casts out on the the Monday after the the movie comes out, so that it's not like two or three weeks into other people talking about it. Yeah, for real, man. I got to go read Old Man Logan now. Yeah, I'm really excited uh, both to see how this um, how they handled the the story and how this kind of fits in with everything else in the X universe. Yeah, me too. That's exactly the way what I think about it. And early reviews have have said that it's exactly the kind of movie I think it's going to be. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. You can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at epicgrays. And uh, Bish, where can we find you? 
Um, I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beej. That's B-E-E-J. Um, I am on Instagram, Twitter, uh, and Facebook as at Geek Fitness Cast. And uh, I blog and podcast at geekfitness.net. And if any of you guys do struggle with self-care, depression, anxiety, anything like that, I even set up an email account through my podcast, uh, which is anxiety at geekfitness.net, where I have it labeled and filtered to come through immediately. So please let me know if you have anything at all. That is a good way to reach out, and I'll be in touch with you as soon as I can from that. Thank you so much for joining us, Bij. I've got to say, you're from listening to your podcasts and everything. Um, you are one of the most available and caring podcasters out there right now. Oh, thank you. What you do for for your listeners, I think, is is just amazing. Oh, I appreciate that. Oh, I'm blushing, and you can't see it. <laughs> Well, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And for everyone out there listening, remember this week, keep it geek. Bye, you guys.